Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you once again this year by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality hunting gear and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at huntworthgear.com. Everything right now is up to 50% off, 20 to 50% off all the way through February 12th. A couple more weeks for you guys to get over there. Uh, everything, including the heat boost. Uncle Frank was using the Matterhorn late season down in Ohio. Absolutely loved it. I was using the Saskatoon stuff up here. Uh, amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, I would definitely take a look at their vest. I think the vest is probably my favorite piece of gear that uh, that Heat Boost offers. The jacket is really nice as well. Um, the bibs are incredible. Uh, check those out. But, I mean great prices if you were looking at it if you got tax money any of that stuff coming back in get over to Huntworth check that stuff out glad to be working with them again this year um still in talks with some other people I believe we're going to be working with uh, Lucky Buck again this year and uh got some other feelers out uh but what that does that allows us to do things like uh in a couple weeks I'm headed down for the last weekend of the the hunting show in Harrisburg, the Great American Outdoor Show, I believe it's called. I'm going to be down there um, meeting up with uh, you know some of the guys we didn't get to meet up with at ATA, hopefully meeting some of you guys. Um, but I've kind of been lagging uh, with vacation and other stuff. John's still on vacation with doing our Patreon giveaways. And uh, I'm going to announce that down there the Thursday uh, when we're down at the show. So we're going to do that live from the show um, and do uh, Instagram live like we always do and do our giveaways. And we're giving away that bow from Bear. Uh, we're giving away the heat boost, or not the heat boost, the um, the Huntworth gear and Lucky Buck. We're going to be down there with the 
seeing the Latitude guys. We're going to be down there with the uh, guys from Zinger. So uh, it'll it'll be fun to be uh, in that environment and do our, our giveaway. Uh, so we're certainly going to be uh, doing that. You know, we can't thank you guys enough. We couldn't go to shows like that. We couldn't go to ATA. We couldn't go to um, TAC and do all the things that we do. Um, we rented our house for TAC. Uh, going to be putting on another barbecue at TAC uh, in the works with that. Uh, trying to get near these uh, Latitude guys. Um, this podcast, long time coming. I've known about these sticks. I saw the prototypes um, way back last year at TAC um, and, you know, couldn't say anything about it. And then uh, we go through all the material, everything on this podcast. Uh, it is great. We're going to try and do another Patreon shoot up there at TAC. Um Hopefully we'll get to we'll get to meet some of you up there. So if you're going to go to the Michigan uh, Total Archery Challenge, um, definitely be on the lookout. They don't have the sign up sheet yet for that. But um, you know, if you want to be part of that Patreon community, we're started up a, a one shot group uh, in there um, just to keep shooting uh, and to keep the camaraderie up. So uh, I know there's a bunch of guys uh, that aren't in the Marco Polo group. Uh, that may be hearing this for the first time. If you want in on that, uh, shoot me a message, and uh, I'll definitely uh, get you guys hooked up with that. We're going to start here doing some trials, and then we're going to start it up after turkey season. So um, that Patreon, if you're interested in helping us grow the show, uh, do more things, have more stuff to give away, um, patreon.com forward slash Boiner Chronicles podcast. Uh, got some really kind of big news coming up here in the next uh, few weeks. Can't really say anything about it, but we're going to be doing um, uh, a live event here. Uh, it's it's coming up, so uh, keep your kind of ear to the ground for that one. And uh, as always, thanks everyone for listening. All right, everybody. Uh, Adam back with another uh, episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. John is still uh, down in Florida chasing Wahoo, and uh, I'm I'm very disappointed. The one year that we decided that you know we couldn't make it to to ATA, I I fell onto John's uh, bandwagon, and fishing in somewhere warm was more important. And uh, and then this happens. You know, these guys. We we talk to them. I try to get as much information about these sticks that they would tell me. Uh, well, that they would tell you um, a while back when we talked about their platforms and, and kind of changing up things in the industry. And lo and behold, our good friends win the best new product at the the 2022-23 ATA show. So uh, I just got to say a big congratulations to you guys. Um, I, c- I couldn't be more happy for you. Um, Kevin, I'm going to kind of throw this over to you because you were the the pretty face on the video from the the ata there um what did you guys expect going down there um because i mean we knew that these sticks were coming uh, for a long long time um and a lot went into it but what were your expectations going into the show because that's a huge uh i mean a huge award i would say yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Adam. I very much appreciate that. Um, I think we all individually had different expectations. We talked about that um, during and, and even after the show, um, probably just because we all have very different personalities and, and viewpoints on different things. But, 
you know, I think we've done a ton of testing on these things and it's been a three. You know, I think our gut said the attributes of this product, you know, people are going to really like them. Um, but because of the technology we're using to make them and what they're made out of is such a new concept. It's a brand new concept that people have never seen. Um, that's still an unknown until you truly put it out in the wild um, for the masses to see. So, you know, there's a little bit of uh, stress, you know, positive stress involved with that. Um, just not knowing how they're going to be received, but um, you know, luckily they were they were very positively received at the show, and and we came out winning the award. We didn't expect to win the best new product award. We we submitted into the the competition for it with I think it was about 120 other submissions, um, and we thought that they'd have a chance at potentially placing just because of it being such a new concept, but they came out on top. So we very much appreciate the support of all of our customers that really helped us help fund the project ultimately, because without them, uh, these never would have came to be. So that's my perspective on, it. I'm sure Jake and Alex have a, ha, have some different thoughts on it. Um, so it might be good to hear from them as well on it. Yeah. So I've, uh, we'll save Alex for the, for the end. I feel like I've talked a lot, uh, more to Alex about the the product and everything, uh, but I spent a lot of time uh, in a vehicle back and forth to Ohio with Jake, uh, talking about the the ins and outs of of these sticks and kind of everything that went into them. Um, so, Jake, from your perspective going into the show, how? how did you think that this was going to be received not only by the, the association, but the community at large? Well, I mean, I think over the last, you know, two and a half years or so, we've been working on this and, you know, you mentioned we've, we've talked a lot about the process and stuff in the past and it's really been like an emotional roller coaster ride for us. Just a lot of ups and downs, you know, right when you're, thinking you're at the cusp of getting to the next level net level or step in the process, you know, there's some sort of unexpected obstacle that needs to be overcome and that just hits you after like a year and a half of work. And that just hits you. And you're like, where do we go from here? You know, <clears throat> we just kept plugging away at it. And, you know, the whole time, I think we knew, knew the end goal and we knew the, I guess the, the key features and all the boxes that we were trying to check with this product. We knew that it was, if we could check enough of those boxes that it would be well received. And then you know, we kind of had a, we kind of broke through to the point where we could release this product, not, long before ATA actually um, it was you know right around a little before Christmas we finally got the results back yeah we can move forward now with this and show these to the world and you know I think I think we all had like Kevin said I think Kevin did a good job of explaining you know kind of our general thought or outlook on entering them this year. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think we thought there was a good chance they could, you know, place pretty high and at least, you know, be very talked about when people saw them um, based on past, 
you know, watching that contest over the past years, I think we had a pretty good chance of winning, I thought. Um, but there were, like Kevin said, 120 other great products entered into that competition. So we we never we had no idea what was going to be there, what was going to be revealed. So that was, you know, the, that's a lot of uh, unknown there. So, yeah, I mean, like, again, you know, thanks for everybody who supported us and our customers for for kind of like Kevin said, making this all possible. Um, and we're, we were really excited about uh, bringing home that first place spot. So uh, it's, it's a really great, uh, great feeling for us. Oh yeah. But see now, really appreciate it. now, now Alex, you're, I feel like you're the, 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 I think these guys are like the voice of reason and you're the, the, um, what the hell does that mean, Adam? The, you're, you're, but you're the, you're the marketing guy, right? So you, you, you these guys will agree no, with me that, the anymore, Adam. that you're the, you're the visionary. You, you see like what latitude is going to be, what it's going to, um, so in your mind, I guess if I were to see Alex chop down there, uh, bringing these and the discussions that we've had, it would be like if you didn't place, it would have been a failure. Not that it would have, that, that or that there was something wrong with like the the industry as a whole. I think on on some level we live in a, a, a an echo chamber and we think about things only from this mobile hunting side and forget about a, a lot of the other products that are at like a show like the Archer Trade Show. And and I think that it's huge for you guys because. Aside from the fact that it's, you know, just the archery trade show, I think everything down there is uh, around hunting and whitetail deer hunting for the most part, if if not an archery only product. But it, like you don't need to use your sticks with a saddle or a bow or any of that. It, 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 it checks, like Jake said, checks those boxes where... You know, there's a, there's a big market for it, but I just think like, so for you, what were your expectations? Because like I said, I can see you with a, a Yeti with some scotch in it and being like, we didn't get third at least like, come on. Like, so I, I you gotta be the one to say that you had hopes of, of, of it, it playing out at least the way similar to the way that it did. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I obviously believe in the technology, I mean, I, I believe in it wholeheartedly, right? I mean, we spent the last three years working on this and we wouldn't have done that if all of us didn't agree or, or didn't believe in it, right? So um, I, I definitely had high hopes and I was so excited to show people. And you touched on something really important, right? We live or, or we operate in such a small little world that is the mobile hunting community, right? What you see on Facebook and that that's what that's been a huge realization for me. So I was really excited to show it to everybody because that show gets eyes from the entire hunting community. I mean, you got 11 million bow hunters, 17 million hunters, however, however many there are. I mean, Saddle Hunter Nation has 10,000 members, 15,000 members, right? So just think about that. So it was really exciting for me to be able to show that to everybody. And I was confident in the product. Like they said, we wouldn't have I mean, if, if you could see what's happened over the last three years, we never would have done that if we didn't 
truly believe in it. So I, I definitely had some high hopes. With that being said, if we didn't place, it still would have been a win because as a team, we got over, we got through some shit to get to this point. We really did. And so that was the biggest win for me, right, is that we were able to cross the finish line as a group and without killing each other, got close, but we got there. And that was the biggest win for me. So there was a point I want to say that there was a point in this process. Man, now it's going to be like seven months ago where we were literally at them, just all three of us just kind of sitting cross-legged on the ground in the grass in the backyard next to a tree, just looking at each other with nothing to say. Like, well, <laughs> sorry, but all this work was for naught, and <clears throat> I guess yeah. we're you know, chalking it up as a loss. But, you know, I think we as a team learned a lot of great lessons on this with this project and, you know, what – what can be and like how to overcome a lot of these obstacles to sort of push those boundaries, which is our really our goal. Yeah. And we talked about that on the last podcast and it's, it's, it's funny to go back and listen to that. And then the questions that I asked about, like what you look for in sticks, like kind of putting the pieces together and then um, having these come out now, I don't know, I guess, where did the idea come from as far as the the shape and design of the stick? And then let's talk about like the technology and the material and why you chose that and why it's a perfect um, choice for you guys in this application. I don't know who was like, uh, where did it come from? Like the idea from start to 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 halfway there to to first failure. <laughs> Alex, you want to uh, hit on the material and then that, yeah, Kevin, that is you a can, big question. We can talk a big question, shape. Adam. Yeah, um, but I think it's important because you know you can't. It, uh, all, everybody's going to hate on something they don't understand. They're going to tell you why it doesn't work and why it can't work and all this stuff. And without talking through the process and, and getting to a final product, knowing that we'll ever be able to understand that. Yeah. So the, the advantages of carbon fiber, right? It's no secret. It's been around forever and it is a phenomenal material for several different applications, but for the mobile hunter or hunters in general, right? It's fantastic. It's strong. It's light. It's quiet. It's warm to the touch. It's almost a perfect material for the mobile hunter. And so, so that's obvious, right? But the challenge is, is that the way traditional carbon fiber is produced, it, it prices it out of the market almost, right? Or at least the majority of the market really isn't going to spend that money on that technology. So the challenge was how can we bring the performance of carbon fiber and provide access to everybody? In other words, how do we hit the right price point? And the only way to do that was to automate the manufacturing process. And, and that idea of providing access to carbon fiber performance to everyone is was really the main driver behind why we even started looking for other technologies. Uh, but once the material was settled on, or at least we thought it might be an opportunity, 
uh, you know, I'm going to let Kev talk about everything else from there. Cause these guys were the, you know, main drivers of getting it to the finish line. Um, so Kev, if you want to take that over. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the material we ended up using for these sticks was originally, um, Alex's idea. He actually brought it to the table and said, Hey, why don't we evaluate this? Um, it's got these potential advantages across the board from, uh, you know, feature function in, in the field, uh, performance in the field. And then as he mentioned, the ability to get them in, in the hands of people at a um, more acceptable price point. Um, and, you know, I kind of think of Alex on, on our team, a lot of the times he kind of finds those carrots and then hands the carrot to Jake and I to figure out how to kind of go to work and make it reality. Um, and that's exactly how this project laid out. I took three years once Jake and I got the carrot, but um, it ultimately ended up being a great idea that just required some extra pushing to get across the finish line. Now, as far as the design, um, you know, when you look at the overall shape and profile of the stick, you know, we had certain characteristics that, you know, we were looking for in a stick. Um, step size, we wanted a double step that was fixed, no moving parts, no hardware. Uh, we wanted a metal-free attachment. We want to, wanted a certain step-to-step -step length, which we landed on that kind of that standard 17 inches. But uh, we wanted these to be as packable as possible uh, for a double-step stick. That's the disadvantage of a double-step stick um, is packability. So we wanted to get flush stacking and have these sit as tight as possible for both the saddle hunter and the tree stand guy. Even though we're known as a, a saddle hunting brand, uh, we're trying to make sure it works for all of the mobile hunters out there. Um, so we kind of took the characteristics that we wanted in our ideal stick, um, tried to incorporate as many of those as possible, but then we had to kind of marry those characteristics with what could be achieved with the technology behind the material. Um, and as we were marrying those two together, um, the geometry we landed on really allows both to come together and for the product to, um, check both the functionality boxes and the performance boxes in particular on the, the strength to weight ratio side. Um, so part of the, the, um, you know, the trick of this design and, and some of the things that we have pending IP on is tied to that geometry, which allows us to get the performance out of the product with this material. So, um, it was a very, very delicate balancing act. Was moving targets and variables throughout the pension uh, uh, what we were able to bring to ATA so and what we'll have available here soon so hopefully and that's you know hopefully that kind of answers that question happy to go into any uh, you know specific areas of, of the stick uh, beyond that so yeah, so one of the things that Alex said and 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 you kind of said was uh carbon fiber. But is this carbon fiber or is it a derivative? Uh when you, I think of carbon fiber, I think of laid patterned woven carbon. And I think that that's what most people would maybe expect. Uh, and what you guys have is is much different than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean 
Carbon fiber is what the name says. It is a, it's a fabric. Like it's a, it's a, it's a fiber at the end of the day. And so every carbon fiber product in every industry in the world is some form of, you know, what is called a composite. So it's a mixture of these fibers and other materials to hold those fibers uh, effectively in a certain orientation to get the strength because the fibers themselves are very strong, but you need something to couple them with to um, hold them in a certain, you know, in a certain way to get that strength. And the, and the layups that you mentioned are most common. You see the kind of that carbon fiber weave pattern, uh, you know, carbon fiber traditionally has been uh, sort of laid out as a fabric and then combined with a resin, um, you know, and, and sort of formed into various shapes. And there's a lot of limitations to what you can form that type of a process into. And it's very slow and, and costly. Um, our technology takes those fibers and distributes them throughout the entire part. So for our stick, we have carbon fibers distributed throughout the entire part and they're oriented in different areas within that part. Um, in a way to get the strength performance that is required in that specific location of that part. Um, so, and we combine the, the carbon fiber itself with some, some additional materials um, that, you know, orient those fibers and the process to kind of get all that to come together is a very high pressure process that, you know, it really works at the molecular level to bind and orient everything accordingly. So um, it allows us to do, Timbal price point, um, ultimately, um, after we kind of figure that out. Um, but it, it, it is very different than the typical, you know, lay down a layer of carbon fiber fabric, impregnate it with, you know, some resin and form that into a shape that effectively hardens in that shape. Um, this is a little bit different of a technology, but it still is a very high percentage of carbon fiber. Um, we're just putting those fibers into a into a shape in a different way. And so Jake, yeah. in, in that, in that process, what were some of the, the setbacks or the problems that you guys uh, encountered? Cause I know that you had planned on having these prior to the season and, and, and lots of other things kind of, kind of happened along the way. So uh, what, what were some of the issues that you guys faced? I'd say that the so, main, the main issue challenge with this material and just this process is it's actually, and it's probably the reason why you don't see this material being used everywhere already right now today is it's very difficult to prototype with it. So if you're creating a part that, you know, doesn't exist, you know, the first step is to, model it. You model it up and you can do some sorts of <clears throat> finite element analysis on it, basically looking for <clears throat> stress risers through the part under certain load conditions to kind of see if you're in the ballpark. Now with materials like any metal, those parameters are very well known. And when you add in this whole manufacturing process and what Kevin was alluding to and, and how all these fibers are oriented throughout the part that all needs to be optimized. And, and you can't, you don't really know that until 
<clears throat> you have the physical model in hand. You can't just get a block of this stuff and machine the part out and test it. It, it needs to go through the whole process start to finish. So there's significant time, you know, cost and, you know, ramp up period to basically do everything, a lot of CAD work, a lot of analysis, a lot of different iterations to just get to a point where you're ready to pull the trigger and build all the tooling necessary to create that model that you have that you know does not exist yet <clears throat> and then once you have that model created physically in hand then you have to go through all your physical testing to verify that your assumptions were correct and there was a lot of the going back and forth through that process <clears throat> so you come up with a design you'd make it that would take months and months of time and then you'd get it in hand and it wouldn't quite perform to your expectations so you're constantly going back and forth there um, and i think another thing to my knowledge this is probably one of the largest parts you know the stick is 18 inches long and nine inch step width you got your standoffs in there it's a, it's a very large part you know, typically the kind of things that are being made with this material are you know, smaller little widget type parts that uh, <clears throat> companies are just mass producing parts very quickly. With our situation, you know, it typically to machine a climbing stick would take hours, right, out of any other material. So, that's a little different from our perspective. Um, we kind of have an advantage. We can make these larger parts with this project. It just works for us. Um, so there was a lot of unknowns with that because nothing this big that takes the amount of time it takes us to build each one of these parts has ever been done before. <clears throat> There's a lot of different factors involved there um, contributing to unknowns, but essentially a lot of the data that we had to go off in our initial assumptions was not correct. So we were basically a, a test bed for this material in some ways and kind of gaining a lot more knowledge about it and, and the manufacturing processes involved. Um, <clears throat> and sort of dialing in all those design assumptions up front, which I think a really cool thing with this is that data is going to be able to be taken and used and that's going to be more efficiently because of what we did. So <clears throat> there's just a lot of challenges there and a uh, long process and uh, yeah i mean those are just it was a very unique situation for for us and and the whole r d phase of this project so uh from that perspective like for the consumer for a new product coming out it, it can seem kind of scary 
uh, saying, okay, well, seven months ago, your, your product was, you know, uh, you guys are sitting around in a circle going like, man, we shit the bed on this one. Uh, we got to figure this out. And then now you're, you're coming out with a, a product that's never been made this big. It's never been made before. Uh, technology is for widgets and not big pieces. Um, and then one of the things that Kevin said was this uh, binding and stuff happens at a molecular level. Um, I believe there's another stick company that was talking about molecular bonding. Um, and there were some issues with their molecular bonding process. Um, and that was, was there, it, it, oh, there, there that was is significant. That's a, yeah. So I gotta say, so sorry, I gotta add to what they were saying and then I'll talk about what you just said. So just to kind of backtrack a little bit, the traditional carbon fiber that you're used to seeing is a matrix of long carbon fibers, right? And those are essentially hand laid. There are machines that do it, but think of it as being hand laid. Those are laid in a certain orientation and that orientation is preserved with a resin. The technology that we're using does the exact same thing. The only difference is, is that we use shorter fibers and we, instead of hand laying the orientation of fibers, we are automating that process with the tooling. And we are setting the orientation with heat pressure and flow rate in the tooling, okay? So the process of finding the perfect combination of heat, pressure, and flow rate is what took us so long. So seven months ago, we thought we had it, right? When we're sitting in the yard, we thought we finally had it because we'd gone through so many iterations, but it still didn't work, right? And every time you make a change, like Jake said, it is very, very expensive, and it is not a quick process. So when we're sitting in the yard, we're thinking about how are we going to pay for the next change. That that, that was the that was a a big moment for us as a company, right? Because when I say a big moment, like we're out of money, big moment. So that's why we were sitting in the yard. Um, but in terms of technology, there's really not a big difference between what you're used to seeing carbon fiber look like and what we're doing. It's the same thing. The intermolecular forces are giving you the strength and giving the right orientation of those fibers is everything, but it's very difficult to do. And the bigger the part, the harder it is to get that proper orientation. That's really what it boils down to. Um, so to answer your question about, you know, skepticism and, and that kind of stuff, like there's a reason it took us three years. Right. So, so it's not like we just seven months ago figured this out. We've been figuring this out and we just had to get it across the, the final hurdle. Um, and we did, I mean, and we did. So all physical testing's done and all that stuff. And we've gone through a lot of testing at this point. So, and, and so uh, I'm imagining that these are, you know, in production or going through production and you're, planning on having enough for everybody um by the late spring early summer i don't know what you guys had projected the date was what so it seems like a super intricate process in that it took all this time to figure out how these had to be laid perfectly what 
is the link. So recalls. I mean, I, I know that that stuff sort sort of happens, but it seems like if it is such a, uh, I, I don't want to say that it's precise, but it seems like it has to be just so for everything to work out just right. Uh, how how is that controlled? on something of this scale, both quantity and size. I mean, that is the beautiful thing about this technology, Adam. And that's why we went down this road, right? You see quality issues with other products and that's mainly human error, right? And this takes all of that out of the equation. It took us a long time to get that formula right, right? But once the formula is right, there's nobody there to screw it up. So in terms of quality control, it is much, this is a much more robust process than any of these other processes for any of these other products. Um, that's one of the main advantages for us as a company and for the consumer. And so as far as testing and Kevin, I know you're, you've been uh, in a, a lot of the oh, TMA type stuff with the saddles and, and all that stuff. Uh, what is the testing process like for the sticks um, on on that side of it? I mean, I just seeing it like I want to run one over with a truck. Like that's what I want to do. Like that's the first thing I want to do. With I'm gonna buy one and I'm gonna run it over with the truck. I mean, yeah. I so Jake actually spearheads most of the TMA stuff for us, but um, I can speak to it. Uh, so there's kind of a couple of things, right? There's your your industry standard tests for a climbing stick. Um, and it, it basically is a couple of, of um, basic tests. Um, one of those is um, loading that stick for the equivalent of essentially someone climbing on that stick 10,000 times. And it has to do that without um, any change to the, to the stick at all. So there can't be any permanent um you know, traditionally it would be bending or breaking of parts on the stick. Um, this material can't bend. Um, so, you know, that, that's one of the tests and, you know, this thing has passed that just super easily. Um, and then the other aspect of that is just, just loading it to a max weight. Um, so it's two simple tests, right? It's a max weight. And, and then there's a, Ultimately, it's really a durability test. You know, if you use this thing over and over and over for for years, um, you know, is it going to maintain its strength over time? So um, those are the two core industry standard tests. Um, We obviously put all of our products through, you know, a rigorous set of tests in field. Um, And our testing is is really centered around in field use. Um, you could certainly take probably a lot of products and run them over with a car and get some interesting results. Um, you know, but our, our, our products and our development processes is just grounded in how they're used. Now we do some torture testing for sure. Um, but it's all within the realm of reality. Uh, so, you know, keep that in mind, uh, across the board with anything you're playing with. Uh, you know, there's certainly some YouTubers out there that get a little crazy, but, um, no, these have gone through both the standard uh, industry tests and, and, you know, passed those no problem. And then they've gone through our, our infield testing, which is hours and hours of use. And, um, you know, which 
ultimately ends up being a bunch of things related to durability and and performance and function and and that kind of thing. So, you know, we're just your average everyday hunter as well. So it hunts hard as often as we can get in different states and different terrains. And um, so we, we kind of put it through its paces in that regard and, and make sure that it um, comes through unscathed. So hopefully that helps answer that. Yeah. And one of the tests, just when you said like the torture test and the YouTube type stuff, uh, one of the things that I saw recently and it, made me think of your sticks uh specifically was uh sean from bullman outdoors he's got the um polymer rings of steps and he like he froze them for a couple of weeks and and then pulled them out and used them um i know that that isn't like a standard test but it you know we've got a you know i don't know you guys could look at this as like a plastic or something like that. I mean, understanding that it's carbon fiber, that it's, it has different like thermodynamic capabilities. And, but as far as like ice, you know, y- you guys know being regular deer hunters in Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, like it gets freaking cold. Like how does that come into play with this material? from a temperature operating standpoint this thing's been tested down to minus 40 degrees fahrenheit without any change to the material properties without you know it doesn't get uh, brittle or start to perform or feel different um you know when you're standing on it or in hand or that type of thing so that's kind of the uh, the boundary that we've tested to thus far on the cold side on the warmer side the material has a melting point of almost 600 degrees um you know so it you know, people are, I guess, probably hunting up to 120 in the most extreme, <laughs> extreme scenarios. So uh, the temperature operating range for this material is very, very wide. It's outside the bounds of what you would see in a hunting scenario. Um, and that's because it, it came from other industries. It came from as many technologies that bleed their way into the hunting industry ultimately ultimately did. Those um, that are much in the fall and climbing a tree. So you know, irregardless of the weather. Um, so that is something that, you know, we've, we've tested thoroughly ourselves. The material has been tested itself in both the hunting scenario through us and, and our testing pool and, um, and a, even a much broader set of applications, um, in other industries. So. Okay. Um, Jake, one of the things being down at the uh, mobile hunters expo, uh, that I noticed about you that I, I I don't maybe think comes through a lot. Um, like when you, when you talk about stuff was like, maybe when you were, when we talked about the ropes and the things that you've done, but it's like your attention to detail on like the little stuff. Um, I watched you go around to every single other of your competitors tables and, look at the stitching, look at the way that their, uh, ropes and the knots were dressed, their packaging, uh, everything from that standpoint, what are some of the finer details on these sticks? Um, you know, that kind of set them apart. And then, uh, the attachment method, um, is, is a bit different too. So can you talk about some of like the, the finer points of these sticks, not just the, you know, the gross, yep, it's a climbing stick and it's, light and durable (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know i don't know if this is just my opinion but like the 
I guess the fit and finish of the final product was was definitely something we we took into consideration and uh, you know obviously things have to look good they have to look right they have to feel right in hand so you know we we wanted to we needed to build a product that somebody's going to pick this thing up and they're going to want to climb 20 feet in a tree with it right so every every little step or i guess piece to that puzzle we over the last three years probably took into consideration <clears throat> you know i mean all the way to the you know certain parts of the the process to basically mold this piece the part all the little parts that the tooling actually engages with we took under consideration make sure those were aesthetically pleasing and it doesn't look like just something that's just being shot out of a machine right and then you know perform that's just kind of on that finished side of things and you know performance side as well you know there were definitely a lot of hurdles along the way say everything works right but and it plenty strong enough but you know this this little aspect here just doesn't feel right when you you put your hand on it so we we would make changes um for those type of things as well and then <clears throat> you mentioned the like rope attachment that was something that took and I don't even know how many iterations, but we actually, before we even had physical parts in hand, um, and we sort of talked about this before, but, and then as I mentioned earlier, it's very hard to prototype with this material. So we sort of had this skeleton stick that was, we had pieces of aluminum is like a skeleton of the stick and then we had parts with this material attached in different ways trying different shapes and swapping things out um, one of those things were the attachment cleats and we had dozens and dozens of different shapes uh, different ways the rope would attach and i guess the end goal was that it was as user friendly and intuitive as possible and then you know also it can't be something so complicated that is easy to kind of screw up in a catastrophic way and in any way so <clears throat> i think the the final attachment method we went in there was a lot of thought into that um from the actual channels that your rope is at wraps you're going to need and not too big that the rope actually attaches very easily so you could swap them for either left or right hand and that on different diameter trees they're angled in such a way that as your rope angle is changing for different trees that it still feels like the same process and, you know we we looked at all the details of this of the stick i mean there's some 
with anything, there's always going to be some design trade-offs. You know, you do <clears throat> one thing that might be real user friendly, you, you might not be strong enough or something. So there's like different trade-offs here and there that have to be made through any design process. But, you know, the step distance from the, the step to the tree, the, the <clears throat> I guess, lugs or gripping apertures on the tops of the steps, how they fit your boot, um, how it feels when you're standing on there. Is it, is it slippery, this and that, and all these different things we, we took under consideration in, in this project. And I think what we have here is, is I mean, it, it's one of those projects really that <clears throat> after everything that we went through to get to where we are today that you know we hold these things in our hands and it's just <clears throat> i don't know it's it kind of reminds me of back in high school and like shop class you spend six months half a year a whole year on this project and you just sounds kind of stupid but you just like enjoy sitting there admiring the final product and you just can't stop looking at the thing just knowing all the little struggles and you know humps you overcame to get to to that point uh, and that i i think that's where where we are with this today yeah and i, I mean i think when you look at some of the things in in, in our last uh, time that we we spoke you know it was we were talking about kind of stepping outside of the box and saying, okay, well, this is, you know, there's only so many ways that you can climb a tree. There's only so many ways that you can, uh, make a platform. There's, and you guys continue to kind of like push that envelope of not only like saying, okay, we're going to do something different, but it's going to be, you know, light years different, like that people don't, uh, I mean, if you just wanted to come out and I know we had conversations about this, about like just coming out with a stick to have a stick, um, it isn't nearly this difficult. And then, you know, to, to go through all of the process to make sure all of those little details with the angles and the, the, the comfort and stuff like that. I, I mean, I think being able to articulate that gives the, the, the naysayer, um, you know, some idea at least of like what it took to, to get to this point. So, so Alex, for you, what do you say to the, the naysayer who says like, and in the biggest one that I've already seen the, the people online talk about weren't at ATA only got to see the photos, only got to see the videos. Um, doesn't look like there's very much foot room. Uh, not, not enough standoff. Um, you know, guys like me who say, well, they stack up instead of like straight out. And I mean, like, like you said, and I can see now, um, from the, from the first podcast, you'd say, well, I think you're going to like the way that they stack. It's, it's not as dramatic as that, but like for the naysayer after you guys have, you know, spent, you know, the last 45 minutes talking about all of the things that went into these sticks, you're obviously biased, right? You're, you're going to say, well, ours are the best or, or, or whatever. But 
like, what do you say to the the guys that haven't seen them and just want to, you know, bash them or say talk down on these these aspects like the standoff? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I would never say that any of our stuff is the absolute best because I don't believe that exists. But these sticks will be the best for certain people, and. Like I said earlier, our goal was to bring carbon fiber performance and make it accessible for everybody, right? So they're $239 for a three-pack. They're some of the lightest sticks that you can buy. They're warm, they're quiet, and the attachment method is phenomenal. And they stack better than a ton of most of the sticks out there. So are they perfect? No. But doesn't exist how we do product development and that's what we love to do um so we're not going to be for everybody right but somebody's got to push the limit to make changes and and we believe that this is the future and and that's why we went down this path and spent so much time and frankly money on it right um now as far as standoff distance the standoff distance is comparable to a b-stick right so it's not some huge standoff distance but I mean, V-sticks are some of the best sticks out there, right? Um, so, you know, we were very intentional with the dimensions on this stick. The width of the steps, uh, they're at nine inches. So very similar, again, to a V-stick and actually most of the sticks out there. Um, so footroom-wise foot for the for the mobile hunter, I mean, you're going to be, I guess in our opinion, right, it's not going to be perfect for everybody, but in our opinion, you're right in that sweet spot where you have enough foot room to climb safely. Uh, you're on your climbing sticks for, uh, you know, what, 90, uh, 120 seconds? I don't know. Not that long climbing up the tree, right? Um, so we have to balance, right? We could make them as big as, you know, we could make a full ladder, right? But, you know, they got to be able to pack and there's all these give and takes, right? So we we try and balance that is as best as possible um and they're just they're not going to be perfect for everybody and that's okay with us so then um what's next so i mean you guys have changed up the saddles with the you know kind of like the first two panel out there you changed the design of the the platform with the the x-wing platform and now uh full-on one-piece carbon fiber sticks what kind of like jet packs <laughs> uh i mean what what's left because i mean you gotta move into the apparel game boots or a pack um and that's the that's kind of it so what do you see as um the next uh weakness in the mobile hunting um community at the at the moment i i'm just thinking in my head adam like the the project that we just kicked off this week is so damn cool i wish i could tell you about it (laughs) but it's so far off that i we can't obviously um but i mean you're right. I mean, innovation gets hard, right? At, this mobile hunting world is getting more and more competitive. And as it gets more competitive, it's harder to uh, come out with disruptive products, right? Um, but we, 
we always have a lot of dream ideas. So, I mean, I don't know what our list is at right now. We have this running list as a group that whenever we think of some crazy dream idea, we, we dump it into this list and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. I mean, it's probably over a hundred products at this point. Um, so where's the next big opportunity? I don't know. We will be rounding out the portfolio though. So you mentioned a backpack, right? We're going to have a backpack. We're, we're working on it right now. And you'll probably be seeing that here maybe this year, but next year for sure. Okay. And so if people like, when are these, these going to be available to the public? And then in, in the meantime, like where can people go to get their hands on them? I know you're going to be at the outdoor show in Harrisburg. Are you going to have them there? Are you going to be at any of the other shows you were at TAC last year? Are you guys going to be up there again? Like where can people, if, if they're out and they're saying, okay, maybe I want to go to the uh, NWTF, or maybe I want to go to Harrisburg. Maybe I want to go to the Iowa deer classic and they're going to base their uh, decision on whether they can see some of the products that they want to um, like, where are you guys going to be? Uh, so they could check those out. Yeah. So we, um, we're actually, we're going to launch a pre-order probably our, all of our dealers are going to be able to participate in the pre-order. So you can actually go into your pro shop and buy the sticks through them. If you want to support your local dealer. Right. Um, so that'll be a cool program. Eventually they will all have sample sticks to show as part of this pre-order. Um, but in terms of delivery of actual product to purchasing customers, that'll start, those will start shipping in June. So um, timing wise, you can look out for those throughout the summer, depending on, you know, where, where you are in, in the queue. Um, you, sorry, you asked about other shows. We'll be at other shows. Let's see. Um, we're going to be at TAC this year. Michigan. We're hoping to go to TAC in Michigan and too. Um, and then the Mobile Hunter Expo, too, will be there. And we'll have the sticks at all these shows. But uh, Mobile Hunter Expo, they have a show in actually Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's in July. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, Dan Infault's going to speak there and, and some other I think Jake Bush will be a speaker there uh, like last year. And, and that was a really fun show this year and putting it in a more populated area like Kalamazoo, I think it's going to be a big deal. Um, and we also have our film festival going on there, um, which will be really, really fun. Um, other than that, we're, we're kind of playing it by ear show wise. Okay. Uh, anything else you guys want to round this out with, uh, for the for this evening nothing specific on my end uh you guys nothing really i just i want to say thank you again to our customers and and the whole community the mobile hunting community really as a whole whether or not they've purchased a latitude product or not we just enjoy interacting with everybody and and, and you know having just a ton of amazing conversations at shows and, and that kind of thing. There's a lot of different ways to support brands and we have felt a lot of support since we've started this thing. I mean, Jake, Alex and I started this with money out of our own pockets, buddies from college and, and um, we're still, you know, scratching and clawing to, to continue to grow it and, and bring more new fun products to, uh, to the market for guys to enjoy. And, uh, 
you know, just reflecting on it right now, I, I'd say there's probably, since we started this thing, not a time where I personally haven't been more excited about where we're going and what we've got coming, um, you know, even after the sticks. So um, that's really just kind of the beginning of what I feel like is a turning point for us as a company. And uh, we've, we've built an, an amazing team here recently and just very proud and excited and, you know, feeling very humble from all the support we've, um, we've had. So thank you to everyone. Yeah, yeah, good point, Kev. Thank you to our team, right? We're, we're not the only three guys involved in this anymore. Um, so we, we've got some great guys working with us, uh, Corey, Derek, Jarrett. Uh, we got a couple new guys, Aaron and Jake, who are joining the team. And um, so, so thank you to those guys, because they do a lot, right? It's not just us anymore, so, so um, they're doing a great job. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for taking the time, and uh, we'll see you uh, in a week or so. Cool. Thanks, Adam. That was great. Right. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Yep.